Hey there, welcome to Stephen Runs Vegan. Thank you for tuning in, and happy Christmas. They say it's the most wonderful time of the year, and <laughs> being 2020, it's not a high bar. But I hope you're enjoying yourself. It's, it's tough wherever you are in the world, there's different limitations. But I hope you're with someone you love, and you have some nice food and drink, and watching a few nice movies, and enjoy the season. So as a result, I'm not going to keep you too long. Quick intro, today I'm talking to my friend Mark. You've already heard... A couple of weeks ago I released a podcast which featured the sounds of our ultra. We recently ran a 60k ultra together. And I gave you the chance to hear what went on on the day, warts and all. But today I wanted to talk to Mark about it, just to get an overall summary to wrap it up for ourselves as much as anyone else. But I figured I would hit record and let you in to see what it's like and to hear how it all went down and our thoughts about it. So thank you very much for listening. As always you can find the show on Instagram, you can email me, stephenrunsvegan at gmail.com all the links are going to be in the show notes as well as a few things we talked about during the podcast but once again very happy Christmas or Hanukkah Eid Mubarak whatever you celebrate happy holidays you know enjoy this time of year stay safe stay healthy take care of yourselves and each other thank you for listening bye bye chat drinking session thing i told myself i'd give myself the duration of a pint and this is like my my countdown timer and maybe that way we can actually stay on track and talk about what we did for a change yeah that, yeah then that might be good so i'll i'll do a whole intro separately i don't want to bother with it now i haven't thought of anything to say or any questions but i figured that's not really necessary with you but yeah we we did our 60k or 59.3 or whatever so be it we did all the 60k oh uh, yes yeah exactly i i've to, to be fair, with the Akamas Ultra that we did, I call that a 50k, and that was a 53. So we have like three extra kilometers to play with that we we're, we're using. <laughs> that just we have to put in at the end of of. Uh, what was it? 50k Akamas? Yeah. Yeah, it was 53 kilometers on the day, but they I just call it a 50k because it's easier, it's cleaner. I mean, I think eventually, if you start going above uh, the marathon distance, you will. Have some leeway in, 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 in what calling it. I mean, in the same way, I've seen races that are 200 miles, but in reality are 350 kilometers or something. Yeah, ex- exactly. The further you go, the less it matters. I remember. Five more than any point. Yeah, I remember when I ran the Belfast Marathon last year. To be technically, like, we towards the end, we started hearing whispers from other runners, and certainly afterwards that they misplanned the course. It, they, the course ran a bit too long. And yeah. the way some people were talking about it, I was thinking, have we run another mile? Like, is it is it really wrong? And it was a third of a kilometer, I think, in the end, like 300 meters or something. That was in the difference, which, okay, some people had the very good watches and could track this, and it was not the correct distance. But I, I remember being surprised with the way everybody talked about it versus the reality of it being not that big a deal. But I'm still going to say I've run three ultras. <laughs> that counts. <laughs> I mean, in the same way, the Berlin Marathon in the end was for me, I think, 33 and a half kilometers as well. Because, oh, yeah. In, in, in any big city marathon, you you, uh, you have to swerve a bit. You have to go to the left, you have to go to the right. Nobody can stay on the perfect line. So. Sure, sure. That's why I've run a few others as well. But that, that's, that's, the, that's the thing with PR of your, of your marathon. You want to be as exact as possible, but the official PR is a few minutes later then then yeah right it shows well you've done this distance in this amount of time that's when it matters i guess yeah yeah i i think that you think it's got something to do with just how 2020 has been that you're uh i think we talked about this during during i mean maybe our, our trip to to Dana. well i i, I... as you said after i released the last podcast you for, we forget about half the shit we talked about during the run yeah so, re enlighten me. This, 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 this morning when I was walking with my sister on the beach, the old, I, I, I was saying I was on a, a, maybe a bit promotion. I was on a different podcast, my company. Podcast. Yeah, I saw that. So we released a podcast last Thursday. It's, it's about data science and data engineering. So I won't bore you with any of the details. But mm-hmm. Apparently, I told my sister about it. I don't recall ever telling her that. Uh, but it's probably somewhere in the midst of us finishing and and the beer that we had in the car. But that's. 
Uh, Wait, you told her that you will be on a podcast, or what? I will be on that podcast. But okay. I don't recall. <laughs> no, that any of that thirty minutes afterwards was it's a bit of a blur for me. It's fatigue and a bit of beer, but also just Dutch. And if I focused, I could understand, but I wasn't entirely in in the frame. I didn't have the ability yeah. to focus on anything. And then I I could hear that you were just talking. She bought a new couch and stuff like that. You know, it wasn't really vital anyway. I was. I needed okay. I needed to be in my own space, sitting in that very warm seat, wrapped in a blanket. Let, yeah, you just needed to relax and, and, and drink a beer and, and eat some crisps. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, de- devour some crisps. <laughs> <laughs> I think we ate two bags in, in about fifteen, 10, ten minutes, fifteen minutes or something. And I realized when I got when I got home that night, we're skipping the whole whole run and just talking about the aftermath. But hey, we'll jump jump around. I when I got home that, that night, it dawned on me. I we already. What's that? We promised to stay on track, but we already. <laughs> well, I just promised to keep it like within an hour or something reasonable. We'll see. We we had our beer then and there, and then I, I had more that I couldn't find because by the end of the run, run, the car was just a mess of food and jackets and empty bottles and just bits that we consumed through the day. And then only like on the outskirts of Harlem, I found the two beer cans that I ah, this was what I wanted to give you here. And I thought, oh, I've got about 10 minutes to drink this. Yeah, I'll do that. And then I had two drops. So I went, walked into my apartment. You guys dropped me off at my door, which was a lifesaver, uh, probably literally. And so I had my like bag and I was limping up the stairs and I had a half a can of beer. And I was drinking that on the couch. It took me about an hour to get off the couch after I sat down. But I realized I, I since the race, I've eaten nothing good like i had a, a half a bag of crisps and i don't know maybe some something else i don't even think so i just had two beers and half a bag of crisps and i really okay i wasn't feeling up for anything i didn't even want to stand up i was like go to the kitchen get some real food you'll you'll thank yourself tomorrow i mean i i had pizza so i mean well um, at least that's calories man like at least that's something yeah, in your system yeah. to replace all the the everything we'd burned in the day there was, I think at the start was it about 5,000, 6,000 calories or something. Oh, wow. I, I didn't, I didn't check. A lot. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, we, Coming back to what we're trying to say, in fact, it's just probably all, all 2020, how it, how it went, how it's still going. There's nothing to train for. I mean, they're, 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 uh, I think a lot of people just, just took the chance to, right, they just think, all right, I'm going to do something crazy. And, yeah, that's uh, true. Do things like the solo ultras or, or uh, uh, well, a, a duo ultra or run streaks or some project, some new thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The, the, the whole uh, the whole ultra was, I, I think, a half a year in the making. I think I pretty much checked the roots from time to time. I think oh, this would be cool just to link these two and 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 run over there to to open football. But to be honest, if, if uh, for instance, I was going to Valencia, I hadn't been doing this this year, probably. Yeah. Yeah, good point. So let, so let's backtrack to that. The reason we ran this 60K Ultra um, is because you were supposed to run the Valencia Marathon. And yeah. for anyone who's listened to my previous podcast, which is featuring all the, the noise that we made on the day, mostly just noise, um. I talked a bit about that, but yeah, you know it better in your own words. So you were supposed to run Valencia and like most of this year it got cancelled. So how how did that become turning up at Reina in that morning? What what was the thought process behind that? So, well, we dis- discussed this during the run, but I had a bit of an up and down year, pretty much. We were supposed, of course, to run Malta, uh, the Gojo Ultra, in, in May, trained quite hard for that, actually. You did, yeah, you were uh, in good shape. I was in good shape, I was ready to crush it, and of course, that got postponed. And I tried to train throughout the summer, but eventually in September, I just thought, well, screw it, it's, it's, Valencia is not going to happen, and Valencia was really my, my big goal for, for this year. It was, it was, uh, it's a fast marathon, I, I, I've been wrapping on my kilometers, I wanted to see what I could do time-wise, you know, I've, I've, I've been trying to focus more on the long distances, but also just wanted to see if I could get my marathon time down. Yeah, um, there there are some races, some training cycles where you just feel it. Like the race could be four months away and you don't know what's going to happen with training and everything, but you know 
or you decide, yeah, this is the one. Or you decide either way, like, no, I'm going to train enough this year and do to do the marathon and have a good time. We'll see what happens. Or And there's others where you're like, this is, a, I feel good. This is going to be my race. And for you, that, that was supposed to be the way. It was supposed to be Valencia. But, I mean, in September, I was just sitting. We were on, on, on holiday, Anya and I, sitting in front of the tent. And I was just dreading putting my shoes on. And uh, the weather was, was nice. It was cold. It was a bit windy. But I just started dreading just going out for five kilometers. And I thought, well, it's not going to happen quite sure that it wasn't cancelled yet but i was just constantly checking my phone yeah yeah i wanted to say because for the gozo one in we're supposed to run an ultra in gozo and malta in may and that was early days with this whole thing in march and in april we were only learning about everything and we thought initially it's going to be a few weeks and then i used to thought oh well it's an ultra it's outdoors it's going to be a small crowd it should be fine it was all a bit up in the air but by the time it came to august september everything was being cancelled and we knew everything would be it was there was no way around it so of course that that's going to be demotivating yeah and well i just stopped doing things i just stopped running yeah i've been there yeah it was just too demotivating i I just couldn't find the joy anymore in, in, in running and that that's special for me i mean i've been running for seven eight years now and Happened a few times, but not, not too many. I've always, always enjoyed just putting my shoes on and going out for a run, and it, it did help. It, it, it after three weeks, I thought, well, it's about time I, I go for a run. I found, found the joy again, and there was nothing really in my mind of doing anything and doing anything special. And then, always, I knew that uh, the trail between Rain and Driberg, the first half that we did, that is just a classic. And I've, I've heard people, uh, uh, when I was in January in Lanzarote, in training camp, training camp, heard people talking about it. And, you know, you, you, you hear the buzz of people, you read it online. And you think, oh, that, 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 I thought, well, that, that would be fun to do. But it was just, I want to do something more for 2020. It was also just... Everything is cancelled, everything is screwed, everything is fucked. Right, because is... this year we've, we've run quite a few long trail days together and they've been nice, yeah. but, but it's... For our level now, running 20, 30k in the woods is a great way to spend a morning or an afternoon, but it's not special. And you you were looking for more. I think the turning point eventually was, was the the marathon that, that, that Danny did. Yeah, yeah. In the Amsterdam Forest. That, I mean, that was pretty much the first time in the morning since in the whole 2020 that I woke up just with three raised chitters. Uh, I remember you, you said that. Yeah, that was so true. It, it was the first time that, 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 that I woke up and I thought, ah, it's going to be a race today. And then I'm, I might not run the whole marathon, but I'm at least going to run with some people. Yeah. And I th- think after that, after that marathon, which, which I still think is one of the well, funniest days I've, 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 I've had just running and just enjoying and just drinking and enjoying the forest uh, uh, with, with some friends. Yeah. Just one of those days where everything went right. Yeah. And I, I kind of... I. I mean, I didn't want to copy it one to one on what she did. You know, it's also that 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 something that that was something special. Yeah. What Danny did, Danny did that the London Marathon. She did it for a stroke association, did for uh, a great cause. Whereas I was just, I just want to run. I just want to do, I want to run a PR, and 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 I'm probably not going to be the most fun to run with. Right. It, so it's I, not a festival. It's not an event. It's not going to be a big ceremony. No, and, and I wasn't looking for the big ceremony. I wasn't looking for, for a whole crowd, but I was just looking for something to do like Danny with some friends and just spend the day out in, 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 in nature. And I think it's worth saying as well, Danny's one was about a month before ours or even more maybe. Danny ran in September. Oh, it's it's twenty twenty. What do, what do dates mean? There was a lot of time basically between Danny's marathon in the park and our ultra things got worse with covid which is part of the uh, it was never going to be a big thing but it was you would have liked a few more people the initial plan was to have a few more running with us but then yeah. everything yeah. everything got worse so that couldn't happen i i think i sent out a message somewhere on thursday night friday night and it was in, in the mix of trump maybe getting reelected. oh that's right 
there were people screaming about fixing nations and I was just completely done with everything. I just, I just want to run. Uh, everyone, I want to do something crazy for, for 2020. And it was going to be my, my longest run. It was going to be on mostly on trail. Uh, but that, that, that was just, that's how it came to it. I thought that, that, that's what I, I, I need to do. And anybody who wants to join me is, uh, is welcome. And like you said, well, there's supposed to be more, but uh, with the whole Corona crisis, uh, when the whole virus spiking again, it was just two of us. Yeah, and to, with our wonderful crew chief, and to to give yeah. a bit of my how I got into this whole thing. So, like, what what made you say all right? That's just I'm. That's the way I, I am. Like I, I'm. A bit similar to you in the way that I don't want the fuss. Like what we did with Danny was wonderful, and that it's very her to have everyone around and lots of happiness and music and all the good stuff. But there's also a lot of effort in that, and that's just it works for some people. It doesn't work for others. For me, I don't want that. Like how you said, I just want to run. Mostly, it's on my own with friends. With a few small group of people I like is even better. But the the thing I'm different to you with is that I don't have the planning sort of thing you you always have a, a something cooking up quietly in the background like I, and i don't have that where i just get out and run and it's very happy-go-lucky and if for better or worse like with with malta in mind you we met before all of this in, in those naive good old days and you made me a training plan because on the good side i just like to take keep it casual and that's very carefree and that's the way i like to do it but on the other side of that it means i don't often plan as well as i should for training and i don't look ahead to the future very much so generally i just want to be fit enough and go out for enough regular runs that i can just do a a 10k or a half marathon or maybe a marathon depending on the fitness level and the situation and you had been you told me about this this race you were planning to do and i'm like yeah cool i'm in that sounds fun that's like i said we've done this before it's a nice way to spend a day and then you you said it was going to be a 60k ultra and i thought "Mm, well i'm not running hard at the moment i'm getting out and about a bit i I knew i wasn't in peak performance level but i had just run like a 26k i'd run 20 something kilometers in the forest at that time and i thought okay cool i i can do a long run for your first for anyone's first marathon or in my case for my first ultra as well you're you're anxious you're a bit nervous you want to do everything perfectly so you train really well you follow all the rules you have the motivation to just just for insurance on the day, so you're not worried about it being a total disaster. But I've run my first several marathons, and I've run an ultra already, so I knew I could get away with it. And so I told you, like, yeah, absolutely, I'm down. The 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 course looks lovely. It sounds like a nice way to spend a day. But I can do thirty kilometers. For like I said, I'll guarantee you thirty, and then let's see what happens. And to be honest, that was it. I, because. In October, we we had run a half marathon together because the the Dublin marathon became virtual, and my dad was signed up for the virtual Dublin half, and we I wanted to run it in spirit with him in the Netherlands, and I did. And Mark, you came along. It was a nice morning, but I fell onto the finish line, like twenty, you know, half marathon distance, and that was hard. So I thought, yeah, yeah, and we didn't even go that fast. It the last few kilometers, I was you know waiting to find that you know that finish line so i thought i I can give you 30 and maybe any more and i knew anya your girlfriend was going to be there with the car and with supplies and everything I thought, i'll be there for motivational support and i'll try my best on the day and we'll see what happens and that's how we that's how we set off so i i turned up to your place the day before and yeah it, it, the, the morning of we we woke up and it was uh, very cold, but the weather forecast seemed dry, and we we were underway. We felt felt good to go. Yeah. And in the in the week beforehand, I wasn't even running that much. I wasn't training, but I do remember just going out walking, like you mentioned you'd been doing recently. I would just spend hours on my feet. I would walk in the woods, very casual, just killing time during the day because we're on lockdown. And I remember, well, at least time on my feet will be good because that's that's a major proponent of what we were about to do. Yeah. I mean, to, to, I mean, looking back, we didn't even walk that much, I think. Did we? No, no, not really. Now, there was a lot of between walking and running, the ultra shuffle, as we call it. Eventually, okay. eventually that set in. But no, we, we had a slow, steady pace and we, we kept to it. Walking on some, some inclines um, throughout most of the day, but otherwise it was quite 
yeah, mostly running, which is always nice. I think we both had the right mindset in, in, in that way. I mean, I, I remember just said we, we set up from, from the station in, uh, in Rena, and the first few 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 kilometers are uh, are on asphalt, the, 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 the outskirts of the of the as a small town, and immediately the first climb slash hill yeah. we, we saw going up to the to the trail, we immediately said, "Well, let's just fall," <laughs> you know. Uh, we we knew we'd be out for the day whether it was six hours or eight hours this, this is where we were there was no benefit to being quick now because it was going to be a lot a long way left and i think what was really helpful that climb through the town was quite steep that first one if it was a little bit of an incline you would say ah oh, it's fine we're early we're fresh but the fact that it was quite steep at least in my memory helped because then it was clear okay walk this there was no debate it was just obviously we should walk and that set a good tone for the rest of the day. Yeah, just going steadily and, and, and trying to see how, how far we would make it and not strain too much on what we're, uh, yeah. what we're doing once. Which, in in my case, is pretty much how I run anyway. I, I need to push myself to push myself, if you get me. But and So I'm I'm not this, that, that kind of way at all. Do you remember the ghost dog that we saw very early on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... I don't know what it was. <laughs> Two kilometers into our race, I think basically walking, running along the river in this town and there was an old lady walking her dog the other way. And I forget how exactly, but we both saw the dog and then turned around to, to see them walk away and there was no dog yeah. anymore. And this was open. Yeah. like There was no, it couldn't hide anywhere. It was just the woman. <laughs> it, it just disappeared. It was just nowhere to be seen. So I glanced back and I didn't see it. I thought, okay, it's it's obviously hiding in a bush or whatever. It's somewhere. So I I focused and I stared and I waited. Well, hang on, it's gonna pop. You know, like a a, a duck underwater or something. It's gonna pop up eventually. Yeah. It wasn't. It's a very bright frosty morning, so the ground was like white with frost and green grass or whatever, and a black dog just vanished. But anyway, that was that was a little funny note to start off. I mean, it's it's nice to know that, that, that your first hallucination is is after two kilometers. That is just <laughs> yeah. So if if we ever do hundred milers running through the night, and I'll, I'm sure we're going to get much more freaky and much more um, invasive hallucinations. This is quite a nice, gentle way to get into that world. It's only black dogs, then 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 it's fine. Then... Yeah, not not the Harry Potter kind, not like the serious black, scary big hound, but just a little cute <laughs> little cute Marquisha or whatever it was. Yeah, so we, we said goodbye to your girlfriend at the train station at Aina, and that was nice. And we the first third or so of the race, until we met her again at our first made, like man-made aid station, was just very smooth, as, yeah. it, as it should be. We, we didn't push ourselves drastically at all, but I, I remember being surprised at how quickly the kilometers were ticking by. We were, you know, in good spirits, having a chat, and it was a really beautiful area. So suddenly we rolled into the aid station. Um, What was it? 15, 20 kilometers? I'm really, I'm blanking. Sorry? 18. 18. Okay. And I remember being surprised that that didn't feel like 18 kilometers, which is a good way to start. No, it, 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 I mean, normally I would say that it's 18 kilometers. We, you, you might feel a bit fatigued, you know? It, it, it's, it's, like I'm, I'm saying climbs and I'm saying hills and, and taking for any international listeners, it's not like it's a huge mountain. We're still talking about the Netherlands here, but for Dutch standards, it was quite hilly. Yeah, uh, we we only train in the Netherlands, and we train on hills, but they are Dutch hills, and it's all we have. So, for our standards, that was there was some you know, climbing, and you know there was some terrain involved. Yeah, I mean the trails in itself were smooth, and and and. I mean, I ran on, on road shoes. I think you, you wore your, your drill shoes. I, I wore just my road shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, e- either one would have been fine. There was no... We, we weren't very we weren't hiking very much at all. It was definitely a smooth trail. Yeah, there was no big chunk of rock or, or anything you would need, a rock blade or, or very technical trails, nothing like that. Mm. Um, but the only issue I remembered, and I didn't, I was aware of it from early on, but I didn't want to keep saying it because in any event especially a long distance race when you're running for a long time if you think about a problem you're creating the problem essentially or you're making it worse than it needs to be so i was really cold for most of it most of the start anyway 
And I didn't want to dwell on that because I thought, you know, like this morning I went for a run. It was cold when I started. Five, ten minutes later, I warmed up and I was assuming, oh, that's going to happen. I'll take off my gloves. I'll take off my hat eventually. And it, it never warmed up. But I didn't want to mention it too much and too much. But did you feel the same? I just remember after being, after after the first aid station, just being shivering cold. It, it, it's, it's Yeah, that that's when it set in for me too. Like pro- properly set in. Fine. Up until the first aid station. And then... You, you, I was so happy that, 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 I mean, happy as much as you can be, but so happy that the first few meters of that, of, of first kilometers, those were uphill. You know, that, that, oh, yeah. We, uh, I think we, we, we touched the highest point, the Amelungsberg. Oh, yes. yes. The and then immediately we were in the valley and immediately started climbing again. So, uh, I think we, we, we ran a lot of that, I think. Yeah. I was just so happy that that, that was, runnable but you warm up a bit you know it, 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 <laughs> that was very true i i remember the the body temperature overall was warming up but for me at the first aid station i was like refilling my water bottles or anya was helping me with that but really clumsily so i was kind of screwing the cap on badly and it was all dripping everywhere i thought okay fine i'm not you know i'm not it's not a desert i can, I can there's plenty of water there's refills that's not a problem but what i didn't realize is i put my gloves back on and my gloves got wet and it was just a few drops of water at any other time. That's nothing, but that set in and my fingers got really cold. So even with the, the climbing we did and the overall body temperature warming up, I remember I had to take my my fingers out of the gloves and kind of bunch my hands up into fists to keep all the keep all the warmth in the hand overall. So if someone saw us running by, they'd see if I, if I was to wave at anybody, I'd be waving with a fist and just five empty glove fingers flopping around. But to be fair, you also ran in shorts. I mean, <laughs> that's the the irony of of or the contrast, whatever you want to call it. I don't probably in hindsight, I, I shouldn't have worn shorts because it was just colder than I thought it would be, and the assumption that we would warm up and be fine didn't really happen. I stayed cold the whole day through, and it was not unbearable. It was fine, really, we were okay. Yeah, the my typical way is that I. My my legs don't get cold, so I can I go to November Project workouts in January. I'll wear a hat, a jacket, gloves, and I can wear shorts because like my knee to shin area is fine. Uh, my my shoes, my my feet are warm. The rest, the core of me is warm. The extremities, and I can get away with it. But it look it's a, there's a funny photo of me in the trees with frost everywhere, and I'm in shorts, and it looks like a weird mix of summer winter outfits, but uh. I could have done with a bit more coverage there, yeah. I mean, normally I I would be with you in the whole shorts versus tights. I mean, I I I, I despise hitting tights. I just don't like it. <laughs> but I thought it would just oh, for a long distance like the 60, 60 kilometers. I, I thought well, I, I might just just dress warm, especially with my legs. I mean, your your I mean shirts and and jackets you can take off eventually. And I thought we would eventually. Never I mean, did. I had one layer which was, was also a long sleeve shirt uh, thinking I could just ditch the top layer and it just didn't happen <laughs> yeah and I remember we well, we got to the next we had three aid stations overall and so that, that morning before we when we were even leaving your apartment you're scraping the ice off the window like it's freezing cold so we had our proper like winter jackets over just for the early morning but when we came into every aid station since the after the first one, the second and third one, the winter jackets got back on and they felt so comfortable and so like there's a split second of can I run in this? And then when you take that off, it's just oh so it was one of those days. And of course, part of the problem was we're just pushing our bodies a lot, and that's yeah. that's going to affect the, our core temperature as well. But it, 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 it's still. Um... It is quite mind-boggling. I think, think uh, looking back back on it, I'm well, maybe skipping it to the end. But I, I, I still feel fatigued. But it's just so weird. It just for me, the the me. I don't know if you have this, but I, I have one race that I hold standard on on the most pain I've had for any running event. Uh, and for me, this is my first half marathon. Oh, okay. Marathon I, um, uh, and it was wildly unprepared. It was probably. First or second year, that I started running seriously, and I just pretty much winked it uh, hmm. in in Amsterdam. And 
remember cramping at, at 19 kilometers and 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 uh, just barely making the finish oh and the next morning having to go down the stairs backwards because i just <laughs> couldn't and anymore and that was just the most intense pain i felt running and but i never hit that point during this 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 run it's just such a different and weird sensation to 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 do such these long runs yeah yeah it's it's hard it's, it's hard to compare because the i agree with you sorry that the pain post run pain in early days of half marathons and marathons is the worst like the trying to go downstairs after my first marathon was one of the hardest things I'll ever do. I got lucky with my first half marathon. It was sore and it was hard and I got tired, but nothing. I don't have a clear memory of my most painful race. But I agree, certainly with any sort of tiredness I'd felt previously, this was different. It was just constant. You couldn't shake it off. Whereas previously you could kind of man up and, you know, push through a in one of the 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 hardest marathons I've run or the most I've suffered is one of the Dublin marathons and I had a pacing group behind me I think the four hour balloon I could see in the distance and I was determined that they weren't going to catch me and I could you know get myself going and run I couldn't this was different though there was no you couldn't overcome something there there were highs and lows with moods and with energy levels and I could run better in some moments than others but it was there was no shaking off the pain. There was no getting over it. It was there. You just had to learn how to tolerate it. Did you have a moment during the run that you that you you thought, well, it's done? Is it? Maybe at thirty kilometers, maybe at forty six. No, not really. Um, so to go back to the my initial promise to you was thirty k, and I remember the night before Anya said in a kind of throwaway comment, "Oh, you can run a marathon, right?" And that, that I, I don't know what I said to her in the moment, but that quietly shifted my thought process. And I thought, well, if I can run 30, I could I could probably limp another 12. I could run 42, maybe. So I thought, all right, I'll give him a marathon. I know how crazy this sounds to non-runners or non-distance runners, whatever. But if I've run 42K, well, what's the difference, you know? Like, I can suffer the rest of the way. But on the day itself, no, I was so reluctant for the longest time to declare that I could do it, even though I kind of knew, I admitted it quietly to myself. Yes, this I is going in the last, in the last stretch, you weren't, uh, <laughs> I prematurely started celebrating pretty much that I, we, I, I saw the, the, I saw the station, I saw we were ending up and you were just now, well, that, that last stretch was, was a killer, but I'll, I'll get to that. Um, but no, there was no moments. I certainly suffered and I had low points uh, between 30 and 40k. So straight immediately after the second aid station, I'm rubbish at remembering where, where the distances were, but I remember the feeling and where we were in on the day. We, I, we rolled into the second aid station and I was still in good spirits. I was feeling a bit tired, obviously, but okay, like normal tired. Nothing was bothering me. And we had a nice, we took our time there. We had a nice chat. We got all the fuel we needed, felt good, set off again. My fingers weren't icicles. So that, that was progress. Like, okay, right. And we, we had to go back the way we came out the aid station and up the little bridge thing. And already there, like 30 seconds after leaving Anya, leaving the station, I thought, oh, oh, this is, this is new. This is not nice. And for the next probably 10K, I was in bad shape. But th- yeah. this was the first time where I really had to learn a lesson of an ultra that you, you hear. Because we've run one before, but Cyprus was just so different and so um, beautiful. And it was an official event. So there were always other people around. And it was just such a moment for me, like an experience that it, I I never suffered mentally. I was suffering physically, of course, but... I could overcome that by just the oh my god look where I am this this is enough to get me through, but there it, it was different. I, it was just okay. This is not even kind of a cool pain, or this is not the glory of suffering, or this is just I don't like this at all. <laughs> but I that's when a run became a bit of a shuffle. If I I don't really know what changed, but gradually. There was a you made a comment to me like oh you're you you seem good like you're feeling better you you're perked up, and a bit like refusing to admit that we could finish the thing I refused to admit that you were right oh he's he's noticed yeah actually I I am feeling better but if maybe if I tell myself that maybe it'll go away again so I'm just gonna keep my head down and 
one foot in front of the other. But uh, you you had a, 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 some struggle as well. Yeah, I remember just kilometer fifty two, fifty five, something like that. I was feeling good up until the, the third A station, uh-huh. and then in my mind, we had to go. We had to go through a field. Yeah, and, <laughs> another one uh, uh, under the power lines. Yeah, uh, and my 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 right leg started cramping up, uh, and that's that's when I uh, have a lot of course I'm going to do that. I can't turn back right now, but if that uh, cramps persists then it's going to be a long 15 kilometers <laughs> and uh at that point your doubt starts to creep in a bit and i was just just feeling the, the, the scenery wasn't that that beautiful anymore and no that feels uh, that I feels just, so last few kilometers just wasn't that really beautiful or interesting yeah well the, there's the fact that we had been out for six hours so what was already beautiful had kind of worn off you just had to get used to it at this stage and we our legs were tired our moods were a bit sour by that stage the the field with the power lines especially just sucked because it was some weird anomaly on the trail where we had to go this way but it felt like sneaking through a farmer's field like we had to open a gate at one stage and we were like back in civilization at this stage there was no hills there was no forest anymore there was no like there were moments where you could stop and hear nothing no traffic no pedestrians at this stage there were people around and there were roads and it was just kind of half urban half countryside it didn't look nice it just looked like some abandoned kind of wasted farmland field thing and so certainly not a good place to let your mood drop or to have any pain and i remember just uh i know this this area quite a lot because my sister lives there and i i, I know that these lanes I mean, they're man-made roads through forest, and so they, they're all lanes that are used for practical reasons, just getting your truck or your or your, uh, your wheelbarrow in the early <laughs> days, getting through that to, through the forest. And yeah. the lanes get just two or three kilometers long, just straight road through the forest. And yeah, the straight roads were a killer. They are just... I mean, I remember some people saying that, that ultras with, with some elevation are not easier per se, but... They are a bit more. They occupy the uh, occupy the mind a bit more than than these long lanes that you just if three kilometers of straight road and it's 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 the same scenery for those three kilometers. Yeah, leaves nothing to the imagination. And maybe that's what maybe that's part of why Cyprus felt different because there you couldn't see straight ahead in front of you. There was so much diversity of terrain and so much so many puzzles to overcome. And we, we we weren't greeted by a beautiful vista or beautiful view. Yeah. At the end of the day. No, it was just a right turn and a left turn and then another lane of two kilometers. <laughs> that started to wear me down eventually. I mean, you didn't, you didn't see it, but, but I I had the route on my watch. It was just a GPS. And oh, that's and even worse. When the next turn was coming. In my mind, I was constantly calculating, all right, the next turn is going to be in 500 meters. And then it was 500 meters, and then, all right, next turn is about two kilometers. So it just starts messing with your mind. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine. Because quite early, you had to be quite focused because there were a lot of splits in the trail. Like there's a left trail and a right, and they both look fine. You don't know which way you're going to go. Several times we would run two, two or three steps down the wrong one, realize, oh, we'll turn back, okay, go around, which at least was kind of fun or interesting or shook it up a bit. But by the end, we're on the right path. We're shuffling along very slowly. Another thing that wore me down after a while, and it's it's not anybody's fault but mine and the, the length of the day and the tiredness was, we saw quite a lot of people over the day, mountain bikers, runners, dog walkers, and you say hello. It's, it was first of all, good morning in Dutch, and then good afternoon, and eventually we were almost saying good evening because it was starting to get dark, but you can only authentically say good morning and hello and good afternoon to 100 200 people before it just becomes ugh, not another one and i don't it's not his fault he's just an old man walking his dog i want to say hello but i'm tired and i have to do this again it's his first time saying it to two runners but for me it's the thousandth time and i just want to be alone or like in my own bubble and not have to acknowledge the outside world well to be fair that in my job it's a challenge for me on the plane as well but it's it, the challenge is to say thank you for flying with us, have a nice stay 200 times went to everybody getting off the plane, but to sound authentic, because I don't want to be one of those guys, oh, thank you, bye, thank you, bye, thank you, bye. Like Some of my colleagues are a bit robotic about it, and I, 
want to be genuine. And no, you first of all, you pay my salary. Awesome. And then most of, in most cases, they were very nice. And I remember them and I served them and we had a chat. And if my favorite passenger is like the, the last person out of 200, I want to have a bit of a smile and try to make it seem authentic. But I've had a lot of practice with that over the years in my job. Whereas on the day, this was different. It was <laughs> I wasn't in a uniform. I didn't have to represent a, an organization. This was just me. And I can be grumpy. And I was tired. And that's allowed. But I don't think it really showed too much. I hope I mean, not. Yeah, you think you, you, you'd like to be greeted by two guys who smell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good point. I think in the end, we were still pretty much in good chairs. I mean... Yeah, to, towards the very end, like when we got to Hilversum, which was the town we finished in the city where we were ending the race, that was the last two or three kilometers. And we knew it, it was horribly hard. And that street, the final stretch, that street just never ended for me. That, that like the Champs-Élysées or like Route 66 or something, it was just the longest road I've ever run on. But by then you kind of know you're finished and that's okay. Earlier, say at about 45k, when you're suffering and there's the end is still never in sight, there weren't as many people, at least. But I did think it funny that Hilversum, or certainly the area we came into, was quite nice and fancy. And there were like fancy cars in the driveways and lots of big houses and people are well-dressed. And these two exhausted, sweaty, like in weird running gear, these two zombies come shuffling in. <laughs> it was quite a contrast. And then we, we did have quite quite some pace into it the last few kilometers. That, that surprised me as well. Yeah, I think at that stage, it was just a bit of desperation on my part because towards the end, I forgot that we were finishing at a train station. I, th- I All I could think of was the sport park, the the track. We we made this joke about the Western States Ultra, which is a famous ultra that ends on a school running track and you have to do a lap of the track and that's you finish the most famous ultra marathon. And my thought was, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we could finish on the track the way they do in Western States? And you you Google it, you realize the track is closed because of COVID or whatever, and we can't do that. But on the day I had forgotten it, with my tiredness, I just I was running down this long street of like it was a Chinese restaurant. There was lots of houses and office buildings, and there were like a there was a Ferrari showroom and all random things. And I'm looking for this sports park, and every big building I see in the distance, maybe that's a gymnasium, maybe that's a sports park. And it never came. And then eventually I saw that, oh, yeah, I could see your sister and your girlfriend with the waving the finish line. And I thought, all right, we're finishing uh, there. Good. With their, with their, with their scarf, just there. Two, two girls in, in, it was, what, 5 p.m. maybe or 4 or 5 in the afternoon. It was getting dark. There was some traffic. And in the distance, people can hear these two girls cheering. And they probably don't know why. And then they see these two shadows, silhouettes coming into view slowly but surely. Yeah. It was a good moment. It was very... Uh... It was, it was. And uh, I don't know, uh, in the video, like, was it your girlfriend or your sister, one of them filmed a video of us crossing the line and I was I was amazed at how fresh we looked compared to how we felt. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. But compared to how yeah, I felt. Looking back in hindsight, you always think you're, you're fresh. I just remember just really being dumb at the end. But, but in the end, if... If the race was, if the, if the run was 20 kilometers longer, we also would have made it, probably. That's the funny thing, right? Because a month before, or a month and a bit before, I had suffered to finish a half marathon because I knew there was only two kilometers left. And your brain kind of realizes without you wanting it to that you can switch off or you can. Uh, the end is in sight, so let the pain. I don't, I don't know. The central governor theory, right? You. You can get better at overriding your brain and be at least realizing no matter how much pain you're in, it's, as I said it once during the race, I think if, if a tiger or a leopard or something jump out of the trees, we would be able to sprint. Like it's in your legs, it's in your body. You have the ability. You are not about to collapse and die, but your brain limits what your body can do. And uh, yeah, so I, I totally agree. If If we had decided to do an 80K, I wouldn't have collapsed on that street in Hilversum. I would have been able to continue to the, final goal but I would have collapsed at 79.9k because that's when I knew I was finished that that kind of thing I mean I, I did recover that I can even extend the thrill even longer oh <laughs> uh, you can probably hear that in my voice I'm not delighted <laughs> that's the irony though because I, I do want to do longer runs we, we both do I want to go further in the ultra world 
but I want to do it on another trail, at least in if it's in the near future. I I don't want to go back to that again because it will be a nice it will be a nice twenty. The, 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 the one in front of it just just as a solo run. Just go. Uh, there's one for going from Arnhem to Regen. Oh yeah, which is pretty kilometers. And I I ran in that area I think during the Airborne Freedom Trail as well. And apparently there is also the Viva Arnhem Trail. Yeah, there are many. So that you you told me about there's a, there's a website where you found this, and it's the Mud Sweat Trails community. And we were we made sure to take our picture at every stop on the way because you can get if you complete the full thing you can get your picture and a bit of a, a mention on the website, and that sounded cool. And I went on to find that the next day after you told me, and I I didn't know which one to to look at because there were so many trails and the the, the town Reina seemed to pop up quite often. So there there's a lot of different variants of that. It's really in the middle of uh, the whole area that you can do. Mm, yeah, and I I was genuinely like very surprised and pleasantly surprised with the diversity of terrain and with the hills and everything because certainly in in our part of the Netherlands the which is the real like Holland the lowlands where it's it's canals and flats and windmills and all the typical stuff and here it's already a bit more foresty and a bit more hilly and yeah I I didn't expect that um, to be quite as as diverse as it was. I mean, that, well, um something completely but that's given to of course Danny who did sixty five kilometers that, that that same day. Yeah, thank you. That's worth mentioning. Uh her little movie the internet thing. I haven't seen it yet. I still I don't know why. I'll I'll send it to you. It's just I think you, you could probably somewhat make the same movie about us that friends having fun and <laughs> doing a run in between and, and uh <laughs> they they suffered the whole shenanigans during the day as well and they were cold as well and they were uh fighting against uh against against sun going down and the conditions in in in, in, in all yeah uh, but also they ran through a part that i'm quite familiar with that they uh, i pretty much grew up i cycled a lot and i saw images of them and and and, and tracks that they ran on on trail that i was barely aware of I, oh. I I know they are there, but it was just completely discovering areas that, that that I think I knew quite well. But it was just something which is just it surprised me how beautiful the Netherlands can be, even in the low areas that that seem just so straightforward with with long uh, meadows and all those around you that still can be so beautiful. Yeah, that's one of the silver linings of lockdown was it forced me or everybody to kind of explore their local area a bit more and i've lived in harlem like i'm not a native born and raised but i've lived there for four years and i i've i've been i'm quite outdoorsy and i like to explore by running by bike and even in the last six months i found areas that are five kilometers from my house that i'd never seen before so certainly if you expand that to the whole country there's going to be a lot of interesting things to see but to, uh, to mention danny and her crew as well it was funny because like I've I've run with Danny and all of the the girls that that were with her on the day and they're all great company to have on, on the run. But I think we had over like the same overall idea of how to enjoy our day, but different methods of doing it. Like I think you and I are a bit more punk rock about it, like a bit more standard, simple, just get it done. The beauty is in the process, whereas they like to make it a bit more colorful and a bit more. Disney, for want of a better word, it sounds a bit diminutive. I don't mean to talk them down. They ran sixty-five k, two of them did, and so they ran even further than us, and with seemingly with smiles on their face for a lot of it, which we didn't have for all of it. My, you and I overlap very, very well in our running styles, and I don't know if I would have been able to do that with them. Maybe I will in the future, but it, I like the way we did it. I, I, I think that's also beautiful that everybody can enjoy it there in. In their own way, in their own manner. I'm very glad that I've, I've that we've shared these sixty kilometers together. And wow. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't want to joke about it. Absolutely, you're you're right. It was a special thing to do. It was just as I I mean I was going to do it probably anyway if if it's going not just going to be me myself and I. But I'm just very glad I had someone to share it with. Nice. And now my countdown timer, aka my glass of Guinness, is empty. So I want to before I, I I go I do ha- we do have to mention Anya before we en- ended up because your girlfriend was just 
like incredible throughout the day we wouldn't i wouldn't have finished it without her i don't think we would have she she came along with a car full of food and drinks and we you were very i was very impressed when i came to your apartment the night before there was the 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 kitchen table was full of m&ms chips uh coca-cola gels cliff bars bananas uh, i don't know peanut butter bread everything you could possibly need and so much so that when we got to the aid station aka the car and when we opened the boot i knew we had loads and i wasn't sure what i was feeling like I, i had to look at everything and when my eye caught the banana oh yeah i need a banana i didn't know until i saw it so i'd have to scan everything we had but she was great just in terms of supplying everything we needed but also just keeping our spirits up and being there for us and no like completely sacrificing her own boredom or feeling cold or whatever to make sure we did it so yeah just props to her she's just the best no yeah i i i don't know i can't say the girlfriend side but i can say in terms of crew chief there's a there's a future there for her well whatever we do in the future 100ks fun runs anything in between i'll be delighted to have her there I will, uh, I mean, uh, hopefully she will listen to this. Otherwise, I'll tell Very cool. Okay, Mark, been a pleasure. It was a very pleasure. Anything, anything you want to add before you go? You want to plug your other, your data science podcast or anything? I, I, it's, 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 it's fun. It's in Dutch. But if you're interested in data engineering and data science, then go ahead. It's, it's, it's on the energy podcast. The link, um, the link will be in the description of this podcast. You know how they say it. I think if there's a Venn diagram of their listeners and mine, you might be the only thing in the middle. But hey, I I don't know. So if we have any Dutch data engineering um, curiosity people out there, uh, you can listen to this. I'll put it below. <laughs> All right, Mark. Thanks very much. Uh, say hi to Anya for me. Take care of yourself this evening. All right. Report to you. Running with you 2021. Yes. Hopefully we can soon enough. All right, take care, man. Bye-bye.